perceptive boys. Um, the perceptive boys. That's the title for episode for part three. <laughs> the perceptive, perceptive pod watch boys. So yes, welcome Who perceives back. Perceives the perceptive boys. Who perceives the perceptive boys? Robert Sharkey and I slept three hours last night. Aaron, please justify my life choices. Well, what you need to do is stop um, you know, making deals with Incubi. That's what's keeping you up at night is you're up there negotiating contracts all the time with sleep demons I'm logging and out sex of demons. Gate. You got to stop it. No, I'm never going to give up on Baldur's Gate. It is my life now. Everything, it has wormed its way into my brain mm-hmm. like one of the Mind Flayer tadpoles. Vlogging out of all <laughs> I'm playing it as we speak. You can't stop me. No god can stop me. Uh, well, cool. listen, this actually isn't a podcast where we justify my life decisions as much as I really fucking need that sometimes. <laughs> like today, this is oh, once again the right can't read, but today we're talking about the Watchmen's, the podcast Watchmen's, the, the watching, the, the watching humans, the perceptive boys, perceptive um, boys. <laughs> they, hey, you know what they do? They succeed on those perception checks. Whom shall perceive the perceptive boys? Mm. <laughs> I tell you what, it's not Putz McGee. He is bad at perception checks. <laughs> you can't make an inside joke about your own D and D character. Everything, <laughs> everything goes back to Aaron's D and D guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hello. So, uh it's Johnny Lim again, famed infamous okay. Canadian, yep. uh certified cool uncle. Uh <laughs> what else? I don't know. Oh, I got an applause from you. You got an applause. Well done. Thank you. Um Th- so that's yeah. a hard certification to get. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, have FIA a brother only gives out two of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For- <laughs> Per per calendar year, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, have a brother, have that brother fuck and make children. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta get a real. If you see the background of Johnny's shot, it's yeah. just corkboard and red tape and yeah. pictures of his brother. <laughs> that like, son of a bitch! How did he do it? <laughs> letters clipped out of magazines that says how to get brother fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, now, uh, anyway, yeah, now that's in your head, isn't it? <laughs> now it's in my mind. <laughs> yeah, you did this. Yeah. I did. I did yeah. do that. But yeah, so I'm back. I'm talking about Watchmen. Uh, I only got a couple more parts to go with this long ass thing. Um, so three hours. So it's going to be another five. It's going to be five hours now. Five hours. All right. Cool. 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 We're um we're gonna jump right into part five, and we're gonna mostly be talking about Alan Moore in this uh this section and what he thinks of famed wizard does stuff so and now i was told by a mutual friend of ours to bring yeah. up um zycon what zy zycon oh. what's glycon 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 i'll get to that 
All right. I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's in here. But yeah. Right. So, okay. So here that we That makes go. a lot more sense than Zykon, which is one Zycon. letter away from the horrible gas that the Nazis used. So, hey, oh, hey, Christ. we used it too in America, Aaron. Sure. <laughs> Don't yeah. sell us no. short. I think yeah. you're right. We, we do just as good. going to delouse themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's all it is to kill the lice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part five heat death of the author. We're uh we're gonna be I'm gonna be quote dumping right now. Yeah, he does. Do you like that? I do. I like that a lot. That's good. That that add that to our list of subtitles for the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Add Um, that to a very specific emotion I feel every time I sit down to write. (laughs) (laughs) The universe will end with me particularly. Um All right, I so, was dropping uh, someone uh, off at the airport last night, and we were talking about like things that were relaxing and like soothing. And it was like three thirty in the morning, and they were like, "What do you Jesus. find soothing?" And I was like, "The fucking heat death of the universe." <laughs> <laughs> someday just, it's all I, gonna be done. <laughs> someday <laughs> nothing can happen, and I find that relaxing. And they're like, <laughs> "It's all gonna collapse in on it." So. I I I did work that into my company intro when we were. You're supposed to like introduce yourselves to everyone in the company on a big Zoom call. I said, I'm an effective project manager because I think about time a lot because I'm always concerned about the inevitable heat death of the universe. <laughs> you, I think you didn't you text me like immediately I, after that meeting and you I, like, I was very proud of like, that for a review of sorts. You're like, yeah. so is this a sane person's thing to say? And I was like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm glad you said it <laughs> all the same <laughs> so yeah fuck the author right um we've talked you've talked about this before about about authors and how they don't matter Terrible people yeah yeah um so we're gonna get to that but first i want to open with a quote from alan moore himself in an interview uh with gq magazine from October of 2022. Now, is that is that how you spell glycon? Yes, that, that's you. It's just glycon those two magazine. letters, but it pro- yeah. it's pronounced. Yeah, it's actually yeah. pronounced glycon magazine. Okay. Um, so Moore says, uh, so when I did Watchmen, it was a critique of the superhero genre. It was trying to show that any attempt to realize these figures in any kind of realistic context will always be grotesque and nightmarish. But that doesn't seem to be the message that people took from this. They seem to think, uh, yeah, dark, depressing superheroes are like cool end quote <laughs> um, i love every interview with alan moore they're wonderful he yeah. did one with npr and i think i've quoted it here and then of course the interviewer interjects and she said the words wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff and i oh, stopped it because I, I i imagine that alan moore yeah. just exploded yeah and the interview ended because he he was he dead no he she she didn't say that in the interview that was like post oh you know, for the sake of the like audio article or whatever you want. to Do you think she used that in the interview and Alan Moore just went off and they had to edit it out? Like the original audio of the interview was four hours. They (laughs) they could only salvage it 15 minutes worth. Probably. Yeah. To hear Alan Moore speak is actually kind of like a treat all its own because he speaks in this like weird like Northampton like raising. So mm. he ends every sentence, fuck almost every phrase as though it's an interrogative like this. And it's very difficult 
to follow along with what he's saying. <laughs> it it like, reminds me of there's a movie the called um, The Lair. His accent is super thick, too, but I'm not going to pretend to. It reminds me of a movie called In the Lair of the White Worm. Oh, I need to see that so bad. It's a good really it's a good one. That. And I think it's set in northern England. OK, but it, it reminds me a little bit of some of the accents you hear in that movie. Gotcha. I'll have to check that out. So to uh, yeah, so Moore takes umbrage uh, with the misreading of Rorschach in particular, um, whom he wrote to be uh, the most off the wall psychopath imaginable, uh, only to discover that it resonates positively with the right wing. Um, shocker. Uh, quote, the creation of Rorschach. I was thinking, well, everybody will understand that this is <laughs> <laughs> everyone will understand that this man who breaks into people's apartments to eat their beans out of a can <laughs> after yeah. giving their psychiatrist a mental well, breakdown to the next sentence oh, okay i'm making this guy a mumbling psychopath who clearly smells who lives on cold baked beans who has no friends because of his abhorrent personality i hadn't realized that so many people in the audience would find such a figure admirable i was told <laughs> oh I was told this was five or ten years ago that apparently Watchmen has quite a following amongst the what the right wing in America. <laughs> and uh finally he laments the creation of Watchmen altogether. Quote, uh, if this stuff can be so fundamentally misunderstood, it does make you wonder what the point of doing it was. End quote. <laughs> and I agree. I mean Reading these interviews, rereading this book, and then watching and reading some of the responses to Watchmen in general, I was like, what the very fuck is the point of fiction at all? Certainly satire. Um, <laughs> so uh, Satire is trickier than it has been. Well, I mean, tr- I think satire has always been tricky. It's always been. I fiction, I, I always agree. just, I, I approach it as just, it's something I'm doing to get the demons out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I think I've pivoted towards nonfiction mm. uh, simply because it's just like, I can't deal with the real world and I need to talk about it really badly. Mm. <laughs> but I That's, also... Uh, there was Mon- um, Montaigne. He was, a, it's a, he was an Italian essayist. Montaigne. Montaigne. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the 1500s, I think, Shark. Am I right? I'm going to see if I'm the I, asshole I, here, but... I think it's... He was, he was French. He was French? I thought he was Italian. He was French. Depends on how it's spelled. Oh, man. shit. All right. I thought it was French. thought it was Italian. I guess so. I anyway, just locked himself up. But he is the 1500s. For a, for a yeah. Locked himself well, up for a the... while to just write because he thought he was going to die anyway. And he just never died. So he just kept writing. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> I love that genre of person. Sigmund Freud thought he was going to die at like 62 and then didn't. <laughs> and he was like i don't need to look into this at all i'm sure there's nothing deeper happening here <laughs> absolutely not i, I can see I fig in the background just going ape shit yeah she's chasing her tail <laughs> oh <yeah>. wonderful <laughs> so of course this isn't the first time that the concept of the death of the author has come up on this podcast um but would any of our illustrious hosts uh, care to remind us what the death of the author means? It's when yeah. the author goes to a play and sits in a booth. Yes. And then a fan goes up and goes mm-hmm. six semper author and shoots him in the back <laughs> of the head. Exactly. The fan okay. is also a booth in this case. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Gold star. Raucous applause. Well done. Yeah. 
But for real, what's the, the, the what's the the death, the death of the of author is the idea that like authors aren't the final arbiter of their work. Like you can disagree with them mm-hmm. about their own writing. For instance, you could say that like Hagrid from Harry Potter is possibly a trans woman, mm-hmm. and J.K. Rowling would shit herself. Oh, but I you see. could make that argument yeah, regardless <laughs> of what she fucking says. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can see. Yeah. That. I suppose that would be fun. Right? That would be a fun thing to do. That Whenever she's fun. going on her turf rallies to show up with a group, get on megaphones and in unison read an essay about <laughs> <laughs> transcoded Hagrid. Dude, I will die on that hill that Hagrid <laughs> is transcoded. I at first I thought you were referencing Hagar the Horrible, the comic strip character. <laughs> it's oh, like this yeah, is incredibly uh relevant to this podcast but i don't know about this this is new to me no i i actually i never read harry potter growing up i don't know i just you're not missing much yeah it 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 skipped under my uh my sight lines um but yeah so um anyway yes as so often happens in uh literature and particularly in satire uh, the author is proverbially killed off in favor of whatever inventive bullshit the reader decides to impose upon the text. And and my, what inventive bullshit do we have for this comic book? The Watchmen. Not The Watchmen. Watchmen. God damn it! Him. God damn it! <laughs> Twice in a row, motherfucker. Uh, so gotcha, motherfucker. Snydered. <laughs> Snydered. <laughs> apostrophe d <laughs> but i think it's important to uh to find out just who the hell this uh, alan moore guy is anyhow and i think we've already kind of got a little bit of a, a some of an idea based on just all the silly shit that we've talked about just <laughs> in this section alone of the <laughs> my image of where he lives and this is not accurate i i don't think is basically <laughs> a feral madman living in a hobbit hole in, in the mountain in the the rolling hills of northern england i'm fairly sure that's accurate <laughs> like just yeah. trees uh grow over the the entrance to his <laughs> place you have to like cut through them with a machete no no no, no no you need to speak a very specific incantation okay, and it needs yes. to be pronounced precisely yeah you have to <laughs> you have to i mean i've never seen him before and i just googled what he looks like and rasputin immediately comes to mind yeah. there you go <laughs> yeah that's, so that's the wizard yep. is very fitting yeah yep. yes very much wizardry uh very much very much Northampton, but he's lived in that town his entire life. And so he lives in a house, not a hobbit hole. And he does live in a shire, technically, but yeah. um, I just, I don't know Amptonshire? which one it is. I don't know. <laughs> mm. I don't, I could look it up, but I don't feel like it. Um, okay. Well, we respect <laughs> um, that. <laughs> yeah. But so Alan Moore, though, is, uh, as I mentioned, I think in the previous uh, section, he's an avowed anarchist and he's also a, an Albert Einstein stan. Um, <laughs> one of the I only figures you can no. stand. Yeah. Mostly I mean, a good yeah. dude. Yeah. I was not Largely expecting a very Einstein good dude. out of this. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Alan Moore loves Einstein and actually puts a lot of Einstein in his work, um, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, no, because there's there's some bits of Einstein in um, Watchmen. Yes, and yep. in which is further... funny if you think about it, because John Osterman's whole thing is quantum theory and no the behavior way. of particles. But and Einstein, like stuff? yeah, but Einstein was not a fan of quantum physics. I don't care. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was a fan of time. He was a fan of time. Relativity. And gravity. Yes. And theory gravity. of relativity comes out in a lot of Moore's work. Um, but, uh, uh, let me just like in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I haven't read that in a while, and it, I'm not talking I, I, about the I, movie. I know you're making shit up. I don't care. <laughs> no, it's the scene when uh, Quartermain detonates <laughs> oh, okay. an atomic bomb <laughs> over in... Paris to kill Moriarty. You don't remember that? I don't remember that. Like no? I said, I read it once. Like no, this is in the movie. Oh, in the movie, I never saw yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, that totally happened. The movie. Just don't watch the movie; it happens. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> I don't care if it happens or not. Absolutely, that sounds happens. very stupid. Um, <laughs> it's a great idea. I don't know. That sounds like a Snydering. Really, uh, <laughs> an idea. I'm gonna make that. Happen. I'm gonna do it myself. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so Moore is not shy about his distaste for uh, absolute authority and the rule of law, both of which he views as a disastrous. Uh, or rather as disastrous human tendencies. Uh, much of his mid to late uh, career comics work, um, and then eventually his prose fiction, uh, they all deal with uh, the aftermath of disaster, of like the end of the world. Because, now here we're getting back to the theory of relativity, the, 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 for more, the end of the world isn't an ending at all, but rather the beginning of a new thing, of a mm. new world. So in the aforementioned NPR interview, and this was from 2016, Moore paraphrases Einstein as such, quote, every moment that has ever existed or will ever exist is somewhere suspended in a gigantic space-time football, and it is there forever, and it is not changing. Now, oh, and that's when the ourselves. presenter said big ball of white. Big, uh, yeah, she quoted uh, <laughs> Doctor Who, Who and, yep. and I lost mine. I started yelling at my computer. Um, but... <laughs> this is why we're friends. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, so football, of course, in this context, he's English, so it's just a sphere. But yeah, um, and not the grotesque oblong shape that we have here. <laughs> the in grotesque the abomination States. of American <laughs> yeah, football. It's, it's terrible. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that we need to know, of course, about Alan Moore is uh, that he is a wizard. He is a magician. Uh, not metaphorically, he worships an obscure Roman snake god called Glycon. Which is also in in the layer of the white worm. Really? Yeah. Glycon specifically? Mm-hmm. Fuck, I really need to watch this. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were making uh, it up, but no. <laughs> so according to more well let me finish the all right God. next two bullet points but uh he adorns himself in charms rings and other magical paraphernalia and of course he's got the whole long hair and a beard thing going um as Rachel, far as when you go to the office next this is how you need to make your entrance <laughs> yeah maybe what? they'll stop making me come into the office <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i can do that fantastic idea there you go. going as a wizard um yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so apparently he, a friend of his said that uh, every magician needs a familiar or a god <laughs> and or a god. Um, and worshipping a god for a magician is apparently different than worshipping one as... So uh, he chose Glycon, who is this like snake god, um, and he's got a ring of it on his hand. Um, now, Shark, you're a theologian. Uh, where do you stand on Glycon? I'm pro any gods. Just take them all. Any anyone okay. you want. Yeah. Right. That is apparently the the wizard's approach to theology <clears throat> as well. Is just if there as, is a god. It's as like someone uh, who also likes druidic wizardry. <laughs> there you go. Um yeah. as someone who's just slowly trying to turn into Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> 
definitely. I don't know if I'm trying. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> My alarm was. Yeah. Anyway, thought you summoned Glycon. No, I wish. Um, where the hell was I? Glycon. Glycon. So we can skip that now. So we, we get it though, right? Um, I, I'm is... happy to keep talking about Glycon if you guys are. <laughs> I got nothing left to say about this guy. Okay. Because I don't understand how <laughs> any of it works. Um, but what I do understand is that so Moore's uh, particular method of uh, magical practice is done directly through his writing. That's his like whole thing. Um, he actually makes a rather convincing argument uh, for putting rhetoric on par with magic. Mm. Um, he's got a BBC Maestro course, which naturally I subscribe to purchase, having a great time with it. Uh, but he talks about uh, the ability of language as a form of magic to alter human conscious. So hear me out, <laughs> or rather hear him out himself. Quote, writing has been and always will be our foremost means of modifying human conscious. You are modifying the consciousness of the reader, and therefore you are modifying the reality of the reader. Writing will modify the reality and the consciousness of the entire species and inevitably will mean modifying the consciousness of the writer themselves. So if the definition of mm -hmm. the result of magic is to alter consciousness and thus alter reality, writing is a damn good way of doing this. And uh, he, in fact, goes on making a, a larger point around this, quote, we must be careful. With that scattering of punctuation and those letters, we can create trivial short stories and entertainment, or we can create things of dangerous power that are so explosive that they could change the world. Books like the Bible, the Quran, Das Kapital, and Mein Kampf. Remember, the power you have as a writer, use it wisely, and whatever you do, don't write Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> great guy right yeah this guy it, i mean so, so i i like that interpretation a lot it reminds I me of yeah. a uh a, a thing that we've chatted about a bit which is the flawless one of the only pieces of flawless media which mm -hmm. is wolfenstein the new order oh of course <laughs> and when um so i also haven't oh god what's his name uh the jewish grandpa the zeta oh, that yeah. you rescue from the 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 concentration camp can't remember albert einstein. albert einstein but yeah like he, he there's a conversation he has about like with blaskowitz about like why didn't yad vashem i think is the name of the group uh do anything with all the wonders technology that they made to stop the nazis and he says well that was never the point the point was to use technology and research and creation as a means to get closer to god mm. And I, I don't know, that's always been cool. Like, if there is a that mystical is cool. part of me, it's going to be like something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board with like Moore's thing and with that too. Technology bringing us closer to God. But right. well, I mean, it, just broadly, the act of creation. Cre is oh, okay, yeah, the, yeah. The thing yeah. that that is and a that religious practice comes out also kind of in Watchmen <laughs> and that in yeah. in uh, in Doctor Manhattan's arc. But let's get back to the writer real fast. Mm -hmm. So if you break it down. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, the word spell, for example, uh, has a number of meanings. As a verb, of course, it means putting letters together to form words, right? But as a noun, it can mean several things. It could mean a story, myth, fable. Uh, it can mean a sermon or doctrine. And then, of course, there's the incantation or a magical spell, right? Uh, so let's take the word gospel, in fact, for example. It actually literally means good spell. So... 
even though it's uh, often thought to simply mean a good story or a good doctrine, and often, of course, it's attributed to the Gospels of Jesus, um, it can also mean a good incantation or a good magical spell. And uh, kind of an aside, but if you take the approach that Jesus Christ was a like a, a Jewish mystic and magician and like um, a healer, like mystical healer, it's kind of cool to think of it in that sense and that you know the gospels are the good spells they're this these incantations that are changing the world right well um cleric yeah yeah and that interpretation only works t20s all day (laughs) great 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 (laughs) and that interpretation only works if you read the fucking book so yeah (laughs) yes precisely not um whatever the fuck Joel Osteen has to say about <laughs> I was gonna say prosperity, yeah, and shit like that. Or Just, oh, look, look, the hurricane swept through. Better lock up the church and make certain no one can get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Aaron, you texted me yep. when Pat Robertson died. So rest and shit for that guy too. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there, that's the downside to. And I guess it's also related to death of the author, right? With mm. these miserable, horrible mistranslations that are affecting things in the incorrect way, in the in the way that they should were not designed to mm-hmm. influence. Um, another <laughs> word of note, real fast, is that uh, Alan Moore wrote a twelve hundred page novel called Jerusalem which I'm very, very slowly getting through. And it was his, it was his attempt to cast a world ending spell. Um, when did that book come out? <laughs> because I, I don't, know. it might've worked. <laughs> <laughs> just... Like casting the spell via the book being written. the book itself. The, the, yeah, the, the act of writing the book mm-hmm. and those and she, reading it. it kind of uh his idea was to yeah to september 10th 2001 <laughs> <laughs> well there you published go. in 2016 <laughs> yeah <laughs> no seriously it was published it, no, in 2016 yep. september, 20, <laughs> september 2016 which i think is when all of the clinton uh <laughs> stuff yep. started swirling so good and, job uh, it was alan moore and the, the cubs i think it was written over the course of like i don't know four years like that so yeah yeah no, it's shit. wikipedia what? says a decade oh okay um, that's even longer than i so yeah. that means he started writing it just before uh the recession hit so thanks alan you dick yep. anyway at the end of tony what? blair's run <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. okay well you know if he gets tony blair with the rest of us yeah <laughs> not, not a total yeah. wash. Yeah, but that also gave us Gordon Brown, <sighs> the most yeah. mumbly prime minister of all. <laughs> I remember that too. That was so fucking weird. Oh, that was so fucking weird. Because that's when you and I, Aaron, mm-hmm. ended up uh, went out to the to the UK. That's when we met. Was yeah. all that? This is also Alan nonsense. Moore's fault. It's all Alan Moore's fault. Yeah, like, clearly. Yeah, because. Uh, He's one of the reasons, like, I was reading uh, Sandman um, when I was made the decision to go. Or maybe I had just finished reading Sandman by Neil Gaiman. And, of course, they're, like, pals in the comic book world yeah. because they're the British writers, you know, that came out to the U.S. and started... Well, they didn't move out here, but they sent their stuff out here anyway. Well, Gaiman did. 
Gaiman eventually did. Yeah. He's, yeah. he moved out here with his family, but you yeah. know, Moore stayed behind, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Point is that, uh, yeah, all that stuff kind of led me to the UK, but, um, what does Moore have to say about Watchmen? Let's find out. Shall we? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so to my delight, I actually uh, dug up a transcription of a, um, of a, of a convention uh, in the comics journal it was a, a discussion panel in 1986 uh, at the con- uh, the comic art convention in London, and it was moderated by Neil. And uh, so Alan Moore had this to say about uh, the book's Americans. Quote, at the moment, a certain part of Reagan's America isn't scared. Remember, this is he's saying this in night. So they think they're invulnerable. There's this incredible up mood that leads at its worst excesses to things like the Libyan bombing. And they worry me and frighten me End quote. <laughs> um, where I have, I have a note here. Moore's mention of a quote, certain part of America uh, is almost definitely referring to the capitalist class, the wall street, um, but also, yeah, the upper middle class folks who are just like, everything's fine. There's nothing to worry about. Evangelicals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Because that was that time. Too. So, <laughs> uh, anti Reaganism is probably the larger, largerest, largerest, whatever theme of Watchmen. Lord. Um, <laughs> certainly it was the inciting kind of, uh, moment because, um, obviously Reaganism, neoliberalism, it didn't start and stop in the U.S. Of course, it spread to, uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, Margaret Thatcher adopted Reagan's policies and and her uh, leadership. <laughs> if you oh, it good, good jibes, well done. <laughs> Tally ho! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Lady, uh, her leadership resulted in over three million unemployed workers by the end of 1983. Um, it's also fun to note that there were 3 million dead New Yorkers at the end of Watchmen. So did, was that on purpose? I don't fucking know, but it sounds right. Um, the high unemployment rate, it lasted well into the nineties as of 2020. In fact, the UK unemployment rate has finally fallen to about roughly the same rate of 4% as it was in 1970, which was nine years prior to Thatcher, uh, becoming prime minister. So um, give yeah, give that a little tumble whirl in your old noggin there. Uh, I think so, that's a good uh, good argument for monarchism because um, uh, an enlightened monarch would not allow that to happen. We got a face rub. We got a face rub. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Aaron. My single God save the king. My single favorite cringy fucking movie thing is that a horrible movie they made with Meryl Streep about Margaret Thatcher? The Iron Lady? Yeah, Yeah. called The Iron Lady. Yeah, it's shots of like British people destroying the Falkland Islands, and then like Margaret Thatcher looking pensive in her office, and it's just like the worst series of shots I've ever seen. Oh, God. It's yeah, I did. Some of the I, worst filmmaking. I chose, uh, you know, I decided not. I, I, I forgot <laughs> that existed. God then. forbid. I also never watched The Queen or any of those like fucking yeah. series on 
Netflix because no thank you. Bourdain's I may be Canadian, really good, but uh, I sure as shit am not a royalist. <laughs> Bourdain's got a good thing about the, the monarchy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's some clip of him in England with a couple of other chefs, and they like do a toast to uh, mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth, and he just sits there stone-faced, and one of them says, aren't you going to toast? And he goes, fuck no. Hate the goddamn aristocracy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Legend. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain. Yep. Wait a minute. Why is this page up here? Uh-oh. What'd you oh, do? no. What'd you, you actually up. printed out the script? That's impressive. Yeah. You think I'm yeah. going to read it off a screen like a nerd? I'm just kidding. No. No. Well, no. Yeah, I'm not a nerd. I never do that. All Why right. would I? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... For more Gibbons and Higgins, they were clearly living through their own kind of end time. Um, somehow, Alan Moore decided, got on the dole, which is how he became a He decided to, instead of after school, he was like, well, I could do a trade or something, but I'm not good with my hands mm. unless I'm like writing something, unless I'm, you know, on a typewriter. So he went on the dole and he just started sending out pitches and managed to start work you know worked his way up through the comics magazines and everything like, like that. all writers he looked around the world and was like <laughs> i'm not good at anything <laughs> that's me that's me <laughs> i ended up being pretty decent at customer service which doesn't pay for shit but no that's i can the, manage a restaurant real good the secret to success in the corporate world is being looked like furrowing your brow nodding mm-hmm. as people talk going mm-hmm. yeah i'll look into that <laughs> yeah that's that the sounds... other group of people who aren't good Got at anything awful. but they yep, think yeah. they're good at something meanwhile <laughs> i'm just thinking about how to resolve this weird thing in my novel that i just have to force myself to sit down and work on yeah i started working on some well i don't want to talk about it. anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's alan moore slash fiction <laughs> you hack into my google drive <laughs> you bastard well it's easy when your passport is just alan moore three times in a row <laughs> i knew i should have only done it twice yeah you fool <laughs> fucking idiot um <laughs> but let's go okay so let's go back to that 1986 panel discussion with uh alan moore and the guys um and he's talking again about politics but from the superhero's point of view and um so what he has to say here may come as a surprise quote there aren't really any fascist superheroes in Watchmen. Rorschach's not a fascist. He's a nutcase. The comedian's not a fascist. He's a psychopath. Dr. Manhattan's not a fascist. He's a space cadet. They're not fascists. They're not in control of their world. Dr. Manhattan's not even in control of the world. He doesn't care about the world. So, yeah, I, I think you know, the, you could you could debate the comedian, I think. But I know. That, like, that's more of like... Well, I think that the thing with the yeah with the comedian is like he's I don't know I guess the the stronger argument might be that he's just kind of like an agent. He's of it and he doesn't have agent. like a yeah, and he doesn't have like a stake. It's heavily it, implied that it, he was the second shooter uh, on yeah. the grassy knoll. Uh, JFK's <laughs> well, heavily implied. If you mean uh, you know in the flawless Zack Snyder film, and the OCD got the movie. He has a gun. <laughs> he's. He sat up and he smiled and was like, (laughs) well, no, but who needs subtext? (laughs) Yeah. Who needs that? Fuck that. So, yes, I mean, we could sit here and probably debate whether Alan's like 
definition of fascism at the time was accurate. I don't think mm. it was based on that little quote there. Um, but needless to say, he didn't write these characters with the intention of them being overtly yeah. fascist. Um, so, you know, kind of take all that, I suppose, as a, mm. a grain of salt. Um, but later on in the same talk, when he was discussing the fascism aspect, uh, Moore also has this to say about political intent. Quote, uh, our intention was to show how superheroes could deform the world just by being there. Not that they'd have to take it over. And real fast, I'm going to kind of time out that quote simply that to say that, like, clearly Moore's definition here of fascism is is world domination, which, mm. yes, but the method by which that occurs, obviously, like, it looks different from each, like, fascist dictatorship depending yeah. on how uh you know uh who who's doing it but uh anyway so anyway 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 uh yeah so superheroes being there not have to take it over just that their presence there would make the difference uh to continue the quote from the point where dr manhattan appears it slowly starts to go downhill from there everything starts to change he doesn't take over the country or make people subservient to him, but just his presence there makes everything begin to change. Yet on another level, if you equate Dr. Manhattan with the atom bomb, the atom bomb doesn't take over the world, but by being there, it changes everything. That was more the idea that I was trying to explore. I'd say it's possible to do superhero stories that are realistic without getting into that Nazi mode, end quote. So again, this may come as a, some of a surprise, especially like to the average reader, uh, especially to those who, like Rorschach, would prefer to view the world in terms of like just good versus evil, democracy versus fascism. That's it. There's no in between. Right. Um, but of course, as we know, reality is more nuanced than that. We need to have nuance in this Twitter discourse here. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know we were supposed to be doing Twitter discourse. Uh, oh yeah, I can be all the reply time. guy, I guess. All the time uh, you're supposed to be on Twitter discourse hours. What's the oh, point? I think of you mean X discourse. Oh god. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk changed the name of the Despite stupid website. It's still being Twitter.com and everything being tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Anyhow, slap a new logo on it and <laughs> call it good. But uh yeah, so it's my interpretation that that's what Moore was ultimately uh yep. getting at with, you know, the the politics of Watchmen. Um he was trying to say, well, yeah, I mean, as he said it that just the, the sheer existence of of superheroes would change everything if they were like legitimate. Not like how we eventually had quote real superheroes with guys like phoenix jones and stuff in seattle if you mm -hmm. remember any of yeah, that yeah, 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 that's its own shit show that i would you, also, how about like, you give us a little primer on to... phoenix jones because I, I, I might be the only one who knows what you're talking about. was a yeah. well is but he uh so he was the the uh mantle like the superhero persona that i think he was like an ex-marine um he he put this on like and it was like full on like he did the whole he, he did it all like kevlar um body armor um big rubber goofy looking mask over his head 
I think, in fact, his colors were purple and gold, similar to Ozymandias. So. Yeah. So that's interesting. And he ran around Seattle, downtown Seattle, with like a taser, um, pepper spray, and maybe not a taser, actually, but definitely like a, you know, pepper spray with a trigger. And he was like going around, like breaking up bar fights and uh, attempting to assist in just various like acts of, uh, I don't know, well, vigilantism, really. Um, and it, you know, it all blew up in his face when eventually it was revealed that, uh, he, he, I think he was a drug dealer or at least certainly a substance user. Um, Mm. yeah. And, uh, yes, there's, I think, I believe atrocity guide on YouTube did a thing on, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Jones. It's very interesting. I, I highly recommend it. Um, I miss the days when you could just be a weird fuck in a, City. Yeah. like you could, <laughs> now you'd be on fox news if you were like tasing people in Seattle. he was on fox news <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go <laughs> yeah there was yeah. a there was like a this was, like know, it was for a few months where he was all over it was like yeah yeah but he was definitely on the news a bunch um i think he was on some like morning talk show you know coffee talk mm-hmm. show thing as well um and it was just this whole, you know, he he did legitimately try to get like a group of superheroes. He dated yeah. the only girl in the the only woman rather in the in his little. There, like, I remember reading team. some write up of it was like, such a, a journalist who was, it was fantastic. Yeah, there's like a journalist who shadowed him for a couple evenings, and there was like a write up. I don't remember where it was, <laughs> but it was a it was a weird read. I have not heard anything about this. I'm shocked. Actually. Yeah, it it. And this was just like in the past couple of years? Yeah, I think like 10 like... years ago, maybe. Oh, yeah. 10 years ago. Okay. I just found an article from 2022. So, oh, oh, weird. But, yeah. Yeah. People are still talking Very about strange. it. Yeah. So it was about 10 years ago, I think. Wild. Ten, five, 10 years ago. Yeah. It, it was just its own. And I, the whole time it was going down, and th- he even had like a super villain. But the villain, of course, was just like, you know it was all a gag to him but like to mm-hmm. phoenix jones it was like no this is like real serious stuff like we got to take care of our streets and you know real you know creepy vigilantism shit real ugh. anyway go watch the atrocity guide video it's great um it's also like two hours long. <laughs> but over the years uh more would begin to of course distance himself from watchmen uh eventually coming to disown the book altogether in the movie version along with any other movie adaptation of his work um they sub out his name for the original author uh just to give a mm. you know clue as to just how far oh, removed he is from his own stuff um so it, in an interview with uh, the guardian in 2022 moore said quote serious and worrying implications for the future Excuse me, sorry. He discussed, quote, serious and worrying implications for the future if millions of adults were queuing up to see Batman movies uh, because that kind of infantilization, (laughs) that urge towards simpler times, simpler realities, that can very often be a precursor to fascism. So, you know, he's obviously talking reaction here. Um, And nostalgia is a recurring theme in, in Watchmen in the book going as far as to be inserted into the narrative directly uh, by way of a fictional fragrance brand called Nostalgia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's the <clears throat> it's a bottle of Nostalgia that that uh, um, 
not Sally, her daughter, Lori, she chucks that. And as it's flying through the air, that's when she realizes that the comedian is her dad. Um, and then that nostalgia shatters. And so it's like, you know, it's this big mm-hmm. moment. Um, mm-hmm. And more very easily uh, could have called, you know, the fragrance reaction if, you know, and it would have had the basically the same effect, maybe a stronger effect if he had been that oblique with the uh, the satire. But, you know, uh point is that American society is largely geared towards nostalgia. It's uh, it, just given the absolute glut of uh, remakes and reboots on television and movies. And, uh, of course, Donald Trump's campaign slogan, which was Make America Great Again. Perfect case study for how sweeping reactionism can just take hold in the minds of a population. Um, and it is clear that Moore's disapproval of the superhero genre as a whole, and thus his desire to deconstruct it, uh, is heavily rooted in his desire to steer readers away from reactionary thought. And yet, it seems, <laughs> the vast majority of the readings of Watchmen are completely wrong. But why is that? And what happens, or rather, what happened that a book about the ravages of neoliberalism and the dangers of reactionism through the superhero uh, has both been widely praised and yet so utterly misunderstood. End answer. of part five. I what? have an answer. Do you want to know my answer? I would love to know your answer. Aaron. People are dinguses. People stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of dinguses. Yeah. I mean, I'm very smart. You are very smart, though. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the end of part five. We got one more to go. It's four pages. I'm going to take a quick break. (laughs) Okay. Let's break. To not talk for a little. I'm going to get some more whiskey. I'll be right back. My eye is so itchy. Fuck. (laughs) What you all drinking? I am drinking Connemara. I have a lovely Portuguese white wine. Ooh. Black coffee. <laughs> I just cracked open my my beautiful wife brought home some non-alcoholic coronas. All right, how is it? It's good. Okay. Like it tastes it's, like a regular Corona. Yep, it's Sick. it's very crisp and refreshing. This is actually the first time I've tried this. Yeah, nice. I had to I had to cut out the booze. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Make a note <laughs> that we that we need to do some editing on this episode. Just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay <laughs> well no i mean not not for any specific reason just like this is not a good chunk to have no for the, for the the guard, you idiot yeah no <laughs> I, I i i saw your nine minutes of silence in that wave from the last <laughs> one <laughs> God, i can't believe I, the fucking truncate silence didn't pick up that last bit that's so <laughs> funny that, what that is that? shark trying to do <laughs> i'm making art you didn't even do the outro music. It was just see, yes, fuck it, see you next time. No, there wasn't. It was just fuck it, see you next time. I like it. <laughs> Keeps it fresh. That's oh, so funny. I tried to. <laughs> you got too excited for the bit. Is what, what was that? <laughs> Hadn't gotten too excited and just exported it, you know, prematurely. I wouldn't have noticed. But as it was, I saw it flat for nine minutes. It's like something. Could you imagine, like? Throwing that on Spotify and like, all right, the episode's over, and you're like in driving. <laughs> okay, when's it gonna get to the next whatever? Yeah. Like, all right, I'll just skip this bit of silence, and then it's like, what the fuck is going on? And then you look over <laughs> nine minutes. <laughs> I, I was giving the Holy listener a moment to quietly contemplate their thoughts. 
There we go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Moment it's of like reflection. How, it's like how in old game manuals there was a section that said notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that truth, was I've when you been slowly losing my mind. Yeah. For about a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish I had been like kind of old enough to like make use of pen and or pencil and paper mm-hmm. while playing video games because like I don't know. That stuff's great. Like yeah. Steam's got a thing now where like you can you can make notes like That's in the, uh, the Steam overlay. Just because like replaying the original Zelda, I'm like, I have no idea where mm-hmm. to go. It does not tell you you're yeah. supposed to have the paper map with you the whole time. And I have I have the original um Final Fantasy somewhere for NES, and the game manual is a fucking book. And it yeah. also comes with a giant map of the overworld. And on the other side has all the spells and items yep. that you can get on like that That's, shit was so good. Baldur's Gate 2 had the same thing. Yeah. I Microsoft Combat Flight Simulator was <laughs> very in-depth. And they it had a always, it always goes back to flight sim- simulator <laughs> for you. What the f- <laughs> and they had a section that was like write-ups of all the flight aces from the di- from different uh, air forces. <laughs> That's cool. great. Yeah, it was that really cool. cool. Yeah. That's genuinely cool. Yeah. Oh, and then like Monkey Island, like to get pet to to like to load the game and to play it, you have to like do the DRM thing. But it was like a spinning wheel. Like a lot of games in the 90s for computers, uh, especially like in the game manual, it'll tell you like if you want to like load the like start like boot it up, it would you know, it would say like go to page like 32 and type in whatever you see yeah. there in the whatever corner. And so you usually type in or, you know, find three little symbols that you would have to click in the monkey Island games. You had like a little spinning like dial thing and it would, it was like called dial a pirate and <laughs> the outside the spinning dial part, the actual dial part was like the bottom half of a face. And then the static part the back backing board was the eyes and upper head part of the head and so you'd spin it and it would be like you know spin it to like a5 or whatever and so it'd be a human head with like a chimpanzee like mouth and like all this stuff that shit was great even though drm is stupid like now it's just keys and you type in the key or like whatever or like you own the disc if you have the authentication on the back end yeah yeah. (laughs) like doing the authentication and uh analog i don't know i don't know why but i love that that's because yeah, it, it, it so fit cool. with the theme of the game and it, it made it more fun and tactile yeah. now yeah. it's just like download the game and push to play <laughs> yep oh you can't play your game because you're offline yawn Ugh. oh this is uh this is johnny and aaron's gaming podcast <laughs> Uh, this is this is Johnny and Aaron's how to activate a video game in the nineties <laughs> podcast. Yeah, <laughs> boomer shooters. <laughs> well, what you really gotta do is you gotta go and you gotta find a key gen mm-hmm. <laughs> that may or may not be a Trojan horse. And it was created in nineteen ninety eight. So you download that. Happened to me. We were uh, Half Life. Got the Trojan yep. instead of the key for Half-Life. Yep. Ruined the family computer. Yep. Oh, man. My... Yeah, the internet was dangerous back then. Yeah, but Very it's okay because my my dad didn't know what he was doing. And so I just told him that like, oh, uh, I needed to debug the computer because uh, it was getting <laughs> slow. Yeah. So yep. no, so that always did... works. That They always believe it. System reset. Boom. It's fine. Yeah. 
get didn't those need to worry about you know, losing any files roll back a month or so yeah all your files were on a fucking three and a half inch floppy anyway because that's all you could do <laughs> like but, back in the morning, back in my day, this is the <laughs> largest document you can print out four pages. <laughs> okay, part six. I leave it entirely in your hand. Here's another quote from our friend Alan Moore. It has struck me that probably the Democrats are more the conservatives, and the Republicans would seem to be closer to actual fascists. This, I believe, came from his interview in. The Guardian I, in 2022. Alan Moore is not paying attention to the hashtag resistance on, on Instagram. <laughs> I think Alan Moore... <laughs> I don't know. That's unfair! That's very unfair. That's just cruel. Marianne Williamson. Anyway. <laughs> Orb Queen! Orb Queen! Voting third party is a waste of a vote. I say voting at all is a waste of your time, but that's just me. <laughs> anyway, I, I, my thing is that argument falls apart when you what, <laughs> it, the it third takes, party thing. No, or the not voting time because it takes like five minutes. You drop it in yeah, your mailbox and you don't have to think about it again. It's that's great. Five minutes. I could be playing. I don't know. I mean, that's a good point. Think that's about how like, much you could enjoy five minutes. Sandwich. I could. Yeah, those are two turns I could have taken in Baldur's Gate. Yeah, exactly. right. Yeah, you convinced me. I could be taking a you've, very you've wiped nice, away the last dregs of electoralism. A comfortable, <laughs> mellow shit before I take a shower. <laughs> that moment. Like, you don't get that when you have to just, you know. Instead of filling a fucking yeah. bubble for school board, I think not. <laughs> <laughs> Me, God. five months later. Oh, there's another fascist on the school board? <laughs> All, always anyone is. on always the school board be. is a fascist. <laughs> but. We're not here to debate electoralism and all that stuff. We're here to hear yeah, about that um... one's settled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, oh no. So that quote actually came from the aforementioned or the for quoted BQ article, uh, Glycon article. Glycon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So of course, yeah. I personally, I would uh, argue that these days the Democrats are actually very leaning close into fascism, uh, very heavily. Um, no. I won't derail this whole thing. Suffice to say, fuck them all. Can we agree? Fuck them all. I think, yeah. fuck all them in all. favor, say aye. 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 Um, oh, we just did an electoralism. How does that feel? Actually, voicing my support for a certain cause isn't an electoralism, Aaron. Uh, well, actually, go fuck yourself. How about that? How's that feel? What about your DSA a tender? Why don't you shut you the fuck up? <laughs> Fuck you. What about is Go argue hey, about procedure, Aaron. <laughs> okay, I will. That wasn't a proper vote. Oh, God, shut up. Okay. <laughs> too much, too much. Cross the line. <laughs> you didn't open the, the floor to other motions to amend the, the question. Well, you didn't ask me to amend the question to open the well, floor. Well, you as the chair should the know this. Change, I think the chair is out of order. To... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's say okay. the worst people at your D and D table. Oh god. <laughs> this is why I don't go outside. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that is the appropriate. Yeah. But let's let's hear what a few idiots have to say about wine, shall we? Harry um, is super concerned about about <laughs> voting right now. <laughs> about what? Yelling about voting. Oh, Barry's <laughs> concerned. Yeah, about his it. ears are like all the way back and he's <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Whereas my dogs are perfectly placid because of the amount of screaming I do about voting on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> my cat is probably something. Going <laughs> well, the cat got into your wall. Liberal yeah. in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite responses to my weird bullshit. Was oh, are you yelling at the liberals in your walls again? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> um, okay, so libertarian YouTuber Darren Kern. Oh god, isn't that a great opening for a that's sentence? a great sentence? I love it. Oh, we're gonna go somewhere with this one, kids. Libertarian right. um, YouTuber is a phrase that's the opposite <laughs> of erotic, it like gives you a direction. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Your penis retreats inside your body. <laughs> yeah. An insurrection. It's, yes. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> That's stupid. Oh, <laughs> Three that's comedy cool. points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Terrible. Uh, so, in his woefully incorrect take <laughs> entitled Why Rorschach is the most righteous and good comic book hero <laughs> of all time. Fucking the, Christ. The man who breaks into apartments to eat cold beans from a can. Yeah. <laughs> the most righteous and good. Yep. Um, by the way, I'm going to link all this. I'm sending uh, yeah, all so, the links yeah. there in the, in the thing. So, oh, yes. Oh. Uh, he suggests oh. that Ozymandias is a, quote, communist hero. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. The man who runs an international conglomerate <laughs> and bases his value on wealth. And he mentions <laughs> that. He somehow says, even though the guy uh, has... Uh, Shouldn't he companies, like Ozymandias? He should. Ozzy- Asimandeus is a libertarian, basically. Like he does not. Yeah, he's not propping up government stuff. He does no. He does everything to spite government. Yeah, because he's like these guys don't know what they're doing. So I'm going to use my capital that is do something. uh, I am the smart one. Is a sentence that you hear from every libertarian, (gasps) no matter what you're talking. Yeah, I know. That's why I say no. I'm the smart one. You're fucking stupid. (laughs) No, I'm the smart one. I'm an animal. No. <laughs> there was the the perfect amount of just chilled. <laughs> I'm very proud of my delivery on that. No, that was yeah. very good. That was so, very good. <laughs> so this Darren Kern guy. So yeah, he does also he he correctly identifies Adrian Veidt as the Aryan capital. Um, so very so definitely should love this guy. Not a communist hero, but anyway. <laughs> so he then goes on to defend the the. Remember, this is a fictional character, Rorschach, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. aka Walter Kovacs. Who does not exist in real life? He defends yep. him from the quote leftists and commies, including, of course, Alan Moore himself. Um, he defends I... Rorschach as being morally justified in everything, all okay. while slamming Ozymandias for his acts of quote pure evil. Um, and then you know, oh wait, yeah. So as the saying goes, even a broken clock is still right twice a day. You know. So is the next sentence Ozymandias is right because a lot of people, those people live in New York and a lot of them are dead. Is that That the line that follows? No. Uh, He does discuss, quote, those people, um, but in the sense that Rorschach is justified in his prejudice because those people commit the crimes, despite the fact that that simply the fuck isn't true, especially not in New York City. 
Yeah. But this is a guy who clearly like lives. Darren, I mean, I don't know where this dude lives, but it's probably somewhere in the sticks and he, he's afraid of cities overall. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That he lives in Eastern Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He almost, I mean, he looks like the type or somewhere here in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, he's definitely that kind of guy. <laughs> I, so, so the, like defending against lefties and com- like, I don't know that I've ever. That's the nicest heard- I don't know that I could bring from that video, by the way. Sure, sure, sure. I like, I don't know, like, I don't know a time where I've been in a leftist circle where Watchmen has come up. Yeah, I know. No, I don't know. (laughs) People don't talk about it. Not really. Which is kind of weird, but everyone likes Alan Moore. No one talks about Alan Moore because Alan Moore so obviously agrees with like everyone in the circle. (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to, you're going to be like, ah, this book's about how capitalism's bad dave gibbons the guy who drew the fucking thing even was just like i don't necessarily agree with all this but you know whatever (laughs) it's gonna make me a buttload of money (laughs) and it did um yeah Uh, so okay so uh now uh okay that was uh libertarian youtuber darren if you want to go ahead don't don't bother <laughs> though, because I kind of that was it. That's all you need to know. Okay, so now we got uh coming up a uh, right. You know what's great about this podcast mm-hmm. is even if Darren Kern has like a yes. hundred subscribers, that's more than we do. So that means we're still <laughs> punching up. We're not yeah, punching babe. down. No. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that dude. Um, writer Bradley J. Berzer for the hilariously titled "The Imaginative Conservative." uh <laughs> it's a website i hate this this bullshit that started with like the friendly atheist yeah you're like oh yeah i'm gonna be a buh, 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 buh. and this, mm, no no yeah i don't do not i've never that. met a conservative with an imagination take that as you will. <laughs> have you I'm thinking you're furrowing your brow i'm thinking i'm thinking i know several i'm related well i'm sure all of us are related to at least one conservative yeah see you can't no there's zero imagination. They buy their wall art from Walmart and then <laughs> they they just they rattle off all the same shit that they hear from the Fox News. Like that's their that's it's not just their vocabulary. It's like a bank of phrases. And that's they just say that. And then that's that's it. That's, well, in as essence, far as they go, conservatism means mm-hmm. that you can't have new ideas. You have to conserve. OK, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the old ideas. You can't have new ones. And then they get mad at Netflix writers for wanting a fucking raise. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this uh, uh, you can donate to the the writers with the Entertainment Community Fund, uh, even if the strike is over, which probably won't be by the time this 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 airs. Uh, you can still donate. Drops. You should. The kids right, say drops now, not air. Drops. drops. I don't know. Drops. I don't like drops. That makes me sound like I'm putting out an album. Well. Or like shoes. <laughs> I thought it's just for anything. Anyway, anyway, here's what Bradley J. Berzer has to say from 2016. Okay. It's a review, I think, mostly of the movie, but I, I, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, he calls Ro- <laughs> it doesn't. He calls Rorschach quote by far the most fascinating. Uh, <laughs> not and- not God. No, not the character that is not literally God, but Rorschach is the most fascinating and, quote, is relentless in his pursuit of real justice. Does Um, he feel the same way about Taxi Driver? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, 
I yeah. Uh, he further expounds on the narrative of Watchmen, saying, "Quote in a world of horrors abroad and vanilla conformism and acceptable corruption at home." This is from 2016, by the way. Uh, Watchmen <laughs> gleefully tears off the scab, revealing modernity in all of its ugliness and dripping pus. But it also demonstrates that greatness, true greatness, which the Roman Republicans would have admired, still exists. Oh, what oh, the oh, fuck oh, is up with the... these people in the Roman Republic? Oh, God. But also, that the cost to reclaim it is certainly high. Went to college with so many of these fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> these are oh, the guys and from the beginning of, of the first episode. Uh, these are the fucking guys who I loaned my copy to. Yeah, they brought it back to me, and were like, "That was great." And I was like, "Oh, cool, you got it." And then they're like, "Fuck black people." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like that's kind of pretty much just how that whole friendship went down. Is, it was. Is like, it just like a reaction to seeing what they what they perceive as their belief in media and going like it yes. without questioning any further? Is that yes. is that it? Yes. Okay. Yes, literally. I mean, these again, these are guys who grew up in the woods and <laughs> are so and are genuinely afraid of black people such that they hate them for that, because all they do is go, oh, the news, whatever, whomever told me that black people commit all the crimes. So I hate them all because they're the criminals. They're bad people. And then they're afraid to go into the city and actually talk to somebody who isn't fucking white because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to get stabbed or shot. And it's like, but dude, downtown, you're the one with the gun. Downtown redacted is so dead. I was go just going to gonna say, being from <laughs> yeah. Michigan and living in the country and living next to, like, near Detroit, this is 100% accurate. Yep. Like, yep. I cannot... can't, you can't go to Powell's in so... downtown redacted because it's so dangerous. <laughs> it's like a war zone. It is. A, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, my God. And that reminds me of Bo is Afraid. And like, God, I love that movie so oh much. Oh my God. Like, I, <laughs> it opens, it's like, it, he's in the office or something, and then he gets his medication, and then smash cut to outside, and people are getting like killing each other, like in the street. There, a little a boy of... buys a fucking like assault rifle and is like checking it out from a, from a booth on the sidewalk. There's a... amazing. And I was like, this, this is how my family. Yeah. This is what my family thinks the city is like. <laughs> there, there's a there's a, a very minor sequence where he sees this crowd with their smartphones out looking up like up top to this like 10 story building. And he's like, what's going on? <laughs> We're egging that person on to jump off the roof. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was horrible. <laughs> But it's like there's a there's a rotting corpse in the street in the, outside in of his apartment. Center of the intersection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Directly what in is the this middle movie? of the intersection. Bo, Bo is, is afraid. afraid. Rachel, it's this is Ari, one of the three Ari movies Aster's that Aster's newest movie? Yeah. Yeah. This Guy is one of the three movies that makes up my subconscious. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard Bo you talk it, about it before. Aaron's it trilogy. Only taxi driver yeah. and what else? <laughs> No, this, I don't know, it's my, usually just taxi driver. The subconscious trilogy <laughs> is Bo is afraid, a serious man, and uncut gems. <laughs> those define that's, my. Those are great choices. That's yeah. when you told me that I was like, "Oh, I got to see this movie." Because <laughs> I've seen so the other two, good. and I was like, "Yeah." And then I <laughs> watched. Then at the end of it, I was like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's definitely now I get it." <laughs> 
a friend of mine uh for my birthday got oh, me I get it. got me the embroidered bow uh pajamas <laughs> that's so nice yeah that's amazing that that exists i know uh. i opened the package and started cackling <laughs> so okay so while brad you know from the imaginative conservative which is i um, clicked through to the site it's a horrible con- site like everything about it awful is it's like it's like if a blog spot shat and then vomited upon itself. Yeah. All the articles are terrible. The design itself is it's ugly. Perfect. Everybody has stupid opinions. Yeah. And none of them lots, are imaginative. Lots They're just of like, you know, Renaissance paintings. Lots of yeah. Renaissance paintings. There's a whole thing. Oh. There's like articles about Russell Kirk and like his thoughts on stuff. And he sucks. Wait, uh, there's the jovial father and Tom Bombadil. It's oh, just boy. terrible. Oh boy. <laughs> the whole thing uh, sucks. Terrible sight. Yeah. It's oh it was not fun to look at. I did not have a good time. Well, I kind of did uh doing <laughs> this part. Um, well, only to be like, wow, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Like yeah, I, you generally don't have a good time writing this part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, that YouTube video, I had to when he when he said the words communist hero in regards to Ozzy Mandius. I had to pause it and yell at my TV just to <laughs> get it out and then so that I could then hit play because I was like, anyway. So uh, Brad, he thinks Rorschach is very cool. Not at all a deranged lunatic. Uh, and it appears he also thinks Ozymandias is justified in murdering three million t- uh, people because modernity equals evil, I guess. Um, oh, Modernity and- gives us Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, I'm sold. Ted Cruz uh, lists Rorschach as one of his top five favorite superheroes. We, no I, all right. fucking way. Based, this based is, on all right. a tweet, I, where I started. <laughs> I started compiling. One, uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I started compiling a, like a list of articles about how Ted Cruz is an, just a complete idiot when it comes to anything media related. Anything, <laughs> just anything. Yeah. Period. Well, yeah, but especially media. Like he's got yeah. this thing about. Well, I'm a Picard Trek fan, not like a but but but. And uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, he doesn't. So uh, I'm. Uh, that's, that's the next thing I'm gonna write for podcast is Ted Cruz. Is a what snappy title? <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't workshop we'll, that. Yet. We'll shop it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll shop that one. But well, I didn't even yeah, hear what he said. So. Uh, no, Ted, he's a fucking moron. It's amazing. Oh, <laughs> my, um, my dad was in um, San Antonio years ago. And they were staying okay. at the same hotel Ted Cruz was at. And my dad and uh, my stepmom were in the, the lobby and they saw Ted Cruz. And my dad goes, hold on, I got to get a picture with this guy. So he <laughs> goes and he gets a picture with him. I go, why did you get a like he, he was telling me this? And I said, why did you get a picture with Ted Cruz? And when are you going to be next to pure evil? You have to commemorate that. <laughs> uh, okay, I like that. And then you can just make funny Photoshop pictures, like with air bubble over his head saying funny things. <laughs> yeah. Just oh man. Such a shithead. And the funny thing Such is he's Canadian. I don't know he's why not. that's so funny. Yeah, I think he, he was he was born Cruz? in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, he's from fucking oh what, my God. Manitoba or something. Mm. Let me look. He's Shame. uh yeah. Uh no, Calgary. Of course no. Calgary. That's where all the cows come from. Alberta. Yeah, that's why it's Calgary. Uh, <laughs> Damn, I can't find... <laughs> well, I linked it in the script, but that's in a whole other... Just uh, That's that's, that's my yeah. favorite character. The tweet is very funny. 
Um, <laughs> the man who stinks has in, no friends. Oh, and here it is. Beans. This is an accurate portrayal of. <laughs> in him. order, yeah, in order. Uh, Ted Cruz's favorite superheroes are Spider Man. Obviously, does not know how Spider Man works, but okay. No, Wolverine, <laughs> Canadian. Yeah, Batman. Duh. Batman makes sense for Ted Cruz. <laughs> Iron Man also makes also sense. Duh. Yeah. Yep. And then finally Rorschach. So there you wow. go. Yeah. That's so. better than I thought. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting zero for five. <laughs> but <laughs> I, 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 I don't think Spider Man would like Ted Cruz. No. <laughs> that's that's my hunch. <laughs> no, I don't understand. Like he's he clearly is only he clearly only drops Spider Man just to to act like he knows what he's yeah. talking about because everybody loves Spider Man. Yeah. But like, there's a reason for that, and it's usually because like it's usually not rich people who like spider-man yeah and certainly usually not p- politicians who like spider-man yeah so there's just like uh, a great genre of interview that i just label like puppet trying to be a real boy <laughs> <laughs> and it's just some like semi-talented writer trying to like make these people relatable <laughs> yeah, puppet trying to be a real boy. It's just like I pulled up to Mark Zuckerberg's house on the east side mm-hmm. of New York. It was a slight yeah. rain when I went up to his apartment. Yeah. He had on a Rolex watch, dress shoes, basketball shorts, and a golf visor. And it's like you what can't fuck? fucking make that one. <laughs> like you say, oh, that's the horrible outfit. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like you just know. Oh. Like I've read so many of these fucking New Yorker or GQs yeah. and bullshit like that. Yeah. They're just not people. It's fine. No, yeah. His face was smeared in sunblock. It's <laughs> yes. a new trend. It was December in New York. It had been raining for two and a half months. <laughs> I Fucking... stood outside in the windswept uh, shores of Boston. And those are the kind of questions you ask to like have someone like give them a softball yeah. to make them a real yeah. boy. And Ted Cruz flubs yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> Oh gee, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Iron Man is popular because of the Robert guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then he saw Watchmen in like the past yeah. three weeks. Yeah. It's like Rorschach. Yeah. 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 Um. Ooh. And I'm not gonna. Okay, so I'm not gonna quote anything from my next source. Um. Well, let's just say is this, is this Varg? <laughs> is this no. a surprise thing from Varg? It's, it's Sargon of Akkad. Oh fuck! I should have looked. I should have googled what he might have had to say. I bet Varg loves Rorschach. Watchmen. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, no, I, I don't think so. Ahead. I think Varg would say what you will about Varg, but the guy holds to his beliefs. Oh, <laughs> I don't okay. think he would support something written by an anarchist. <laughs> probably not. He probably yeah. hasn't read it simply on that basis. But yeah. Yeah, who knows though? Not a good man. I want to make that clear. Of <laughs> course, not a good man. But he's principled. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he is not Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But yeah. So I went to the hell site. Uh. In incognito mode. So I hope that kind of helped. Um. Stormfront. <laughs> oh, that's Stormfront. Okay. Oh fuck. Yeah. The infamous. When, when you wish it was yeah. barred by currents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Infamous white nationalist, white supremacist yeah. internet forum. Uh, <laughs> it was real delight. It was interesting. I went. I got through <laughs> about three pages of you know a semi discussion about Watchmen. Then I maybe two, 
I don't remember. Not very far. And I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm good. Uh, no, there's a level of toxicity so, that's not worth doing for this podcast. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> let's plumb the depths. And I was like, no, no more plumbing. No more plumbing, yeah. please. Um, no, no, let the let it clog. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they but of course, uh, everything I read, at least, you know, the, no fucking clue what they're talking about. No. And of course, they all love Rorschach. So um, but 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 here's here's, oh. here's my milk and gravy. I don't know what that means. But okay. I, no, I mean that I love a good meal of milk and gravy, <laughs> like a red blooded American. <laughs> no, it's a Canadian thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> ah, there you go. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so uh, meat and potatoes is actually meat the thing. Potatoes, but, there you go. <laughs> I don't, anyway, milk and gravy. <laughs> I was just like, get a big bowl of gravy, just soup it up. I got it halfway there, I think. Gravy. <laughs> It goes on the meat and the yeah. potato. Yeah. And you put and the cream in the potato. Mil- the yeah. Cream is in the, and then milk is kind of like butter, which you put in into the potatoes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I would say that perhaps the most egregious mis- misreading of Watchmen is also its most popular. And yes, I'm talking about the 2009 film adaptation directed by. None other than Zack Snyder. Zack Justice League Snyder. Zachariah. Uh, you, yeah, yeah, go Snyder. Snarf and Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had something that you really wanted to say about Zach, our friend Zach. I don't respect these people, by the way, enough to call them by their last name. Alan Moore gets all Alan Moore. Zack Snyder is Zach. Fuck him. ZS. Uh, I don't know what I was what I wanted to say about him. I think yeah. I, I I've heard that he's like an actually like decent guy. Yeah, like he doesn't treat crew like shit, and he's respectful to people. So uh, bare minimum. But I think the yeah <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you're you're dealing he's no with Boots Holly. Riley. He's no Boots Riley. He's no Boots Riley. Who was a mensch? But like yeah. I think um, I'm gonna get another one of those with like Hollywood directors. You do it. It's a real crapshoot. And mm. like Zack Snyder does not make good movies. No, in my opinion. No. Um, no, just objectively. Yeah, but like it <laughs> seems like a decent human being, even if he's not it's great fine. at analysis. I think his yeah. thing is he he and Michael Bay kind of slot into the same thing for me, where it's like totally as like if but, they were cinematographers, Michael like, Bay director, was worse. Yeah, but like if they were cinematographers or directors of photography pretentious about it uh, like they yes, would be great. like that that would yeah. be fantastic sure like because snyder's got a good visual language and he knows how to yeah. shoot sequences yeah but he doesn't get subtext no and he doesn't get acting no dialogue. <laughs> god no. <laughs> and, no which no, are no. all key products or key parts of films yeah no it's just let's <laughs> and do like, the slow-mo and make it look yeah. cool that yeah. honestly, though, that is his that that's his entire mantra is yeah. he, he and Bay Bay is the yeah. reason I say Bay is worse is because of all the harassment towards. Um, yeah. Um, fuck. What's her name? Megan Fox. Uh, Megan Fox. Thank you. On yeah. the Transformer sets and then probably loads of women in the past. So, you know, Megan Fox, <laughs> incredibly talented actress whose career extremely talented. Yeah, there's a lot of actresses who got their turns out careers ruined by. Uh, turns out women can act. Did you know that? Who's shocking? Almost shocking. as well as Brad Dourif. <laughs> Almost. 
Maybe not quite. Brad Dourif is one of these guys who, like, every phenomenal. Every time he pops up in like X Files or or Star Dude. Trek, I'm like, hey, Brad Dourif's yeah. in this one. His X Files <laughs> episode is so fucking good. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I've been watching Deadwood. Finally, yeah. it came out in 2006, and I was like in college and definitely wasn't paying yeah, for Shark fucking HBO. Broken by the Brad Dourif discourse. <laughs> Women can act almost as well as Brad Dourif. It's just one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. I'm glad we got a chance to actually go circle back to the stupid joke. (laughs) And like take a minute to laugh at it. Because I almost got too excited about actually getting into Brad Dourif discourse. <laughs> Rachel, this is a guy who you would recognize. Oh yeah, I immediately googled him, oh, okay. and Chucky. I only recognize. Okay, time. yes, Chucky, but I only recognize oh, yeah, him is. as Grima from Lord of the yeah. Rings. Yeah, yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings. Uh, he sent a bunch of stuff. He's in he was Dune. in Dune. You know why he started getting like? He, okay, he actually his first role is um Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the kid who uh he's all he he has a stutter and he may be autistic and that's like the worst. Shark is still broken. (laughs) I'm trying to just like let it out of him before he continues. Redder's a great actor. There's an arc like you going through that sentence and like. It was almost something you could scream on a right-wing podcast. <laughs> and then you say Brad Dourif, and it's like, well, <laughs> he's a pretty good actor. I know. You know, I mean, if you're looking for people he's who disappear into roles. <laughs> also, Babylon 5. He was in a Babylon 5 Babylon episode. 5. He yeah. did, he, he, the reason he did Chucky and started moving into genre work is because his daughter was born, and he's like, the money's in this stupid horror yeah. sci-fi shit. I don't give a shit. I'm a great actor. I can make money wherever the fuck I want. So I'm just gonna go to the fucking yeah. horror movies and stuff. Oh yeah. It's like uh yeah. Rick Moranis. But take care also of my a kid. good actor. And, and like... his daughter's an actor too. And yes, Rick Moranis is genuinely oh god, legend. Now he makes yeah. Kletzmer music as you will. It's know. great. I've, I've shown you the uh yeah, my yeah. mother's brisket and other love stories <laughs> album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's great. There's there's yeah. a he retires uh, from acting to take care of his sons after his yeah. wife died. And then he's so he, you know, he's at and now the kids are grown, but he's like, eh, I've been out of yeah. acting for so long, I'm just gonna keep making albums. He keeps yeah. making this, there, like, there's a, a great song on one of his albums that's like um I, I forget Canadian. the title of it, but it's like the, the shtick is like these two Jewish families on the on opposite sides of the hallway get their uh, their Chinese food orders mixed up. <laughs> and the the joke is that they're both they both say that they keep kosher but they order pork. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Just had pork. <laughs> that was great. This um, album is the most Jewish thing I've ever seen. It's <laughs> it's a it's a legitimately great album. I love it. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, Moranis. Canadian. Yep. God, God bless. Anyway. Um, Canadian before comedian. I got so, lost in the Brad Dourif of it all. <laughs> Brad yeah, I think that, that that might be the the spiel I have for Zack Snyder. I don't yeah. know if there was anything else that I that I have in my brain that's not just that repeated. So 
My big take yeah. on Zack Snyder is that when I was in classics college, we were watching, like, as you go through the program and read the classics, you watch the movie accompaniments. And the most scathing review I've ever heard of a movie is we just read The Iliad, so we watched Troy. And Troy's yeah. a great fucking film. I, I never love saw that. it. It's so good. I yeah, love Brad Troy. Pitt. Yeah, it has nothing <laughs> to do with that. It's a great time. No. And then we watched 300 after it. And my friend. Oh, God. What? Because we read Thucydides. And so we yeah, watched 300 the... after it because it's about the 300. Oh, I get friend... it. It's just yeah. a weird double feature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And my anyway. friend said of 300 <laughs> that it was like if you made a movie that was as horny as Troy, but bad in all other ways. <laughs> which perfectly summarized it. God, when, I, I just... when I first saw 300, I was like, whoa, they did a slow-mo just before the punch, and then they did the punch. <laughs> like, it went like, Ooh, and then where? I was in college. And you and saw his face go, and then yeah. Zack Snyder was just going to do that same yeah. shot for like 20 yeah. more years. I, yep. When I first saw that, it blew my mind. But also, I hadn't watched too many films at that point. Really, I was like just getting into film. Yeah, I, I think that was everyone's and reaction. And they're hit a divergence cool. point where you realize that there's more to movies than just than action. And yeah. then you divert. And it's like yeah. people who never hit that realization stop at 300. And right. Because, yeah, like. Then the rest oh, of God. us go watch Solaris to relieve existential dread. <laughs> which Solaris? The one with the Tarkovsky. No, I the... knew you were gonna say that one. Yeah, it's in my <laughs> HBO Max queue. I saw it's, that one. It's a, ago. it's, it's good. I haven't seen the clear one. Yeah, neither have I. I'm, yeah. pr- I'm going to anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I did say I wouldn't get too deep into this movie, but and I guess we we're all, here. We are. Uh, <laughs> 15 20 minutes later i don't know brad durf discourse um <laughs> if he had been in the in the watchman the movie it would have been better it would have been brad, if better. you're listening hit us up we'd love to have you on the podcast <laughs> yeah. please please brad durf, first. huge fan please brad durf please hit me up first the guest host and then i'll never tell them and it would be our secret i'll it never hear from funny. johnny again until i i read headlines no about i'll run project I'm running away with Brad Dourif and his family. On into to the, they're adopting you. They probably live on a ranch in Wyoming or something. <laughs> yeah, second time adopted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so all right, readopted, readopted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but unfortunately, so yeah. Stupid movie. We're going to have to talk about it because uh, so it, based on my viewing of the film, uh, Snyder, his understanding of Watchmen boils down to uh, simply what what Alan Moore said, like earlier, um, the the whole bit where he was like dark, depressed superheroes are cool. Mm. That's it. And we already like touched on that quite a lot. just Because <laughs> and, and that's all that the story seems to amount to here. Um, the, the vapid, soulless uh culture industry thing that it is now and it's of course it's not hard to see the dollar signs and in in, uh, snyder's eyes um especially in his interviews about the the movie in 2007 he said to uh in an interview with ign 
quote, one of the things I think is most important, excuse me, not most, but whatever, about Watchmen is that it have resonance within cinematic pop culture as well as superhero culture. Pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, I mean, that's that's his thing, though, is he superhero not, culture? Well, he's quote, not a quote, 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 director quote. who's going to think below a, the, the textual level. Exactly. Because he's he, he approaches <laughs> things as like a cinematography experience. Right. But and so but the thing is, the producers and stuff were saying that he is is uh, it's too much of a like a carbon copy of the book. There was what he does. That it was too similar no. to the book when thematically it's like I, yeah. But here's the thing: you're not he, thinking he, about it the way these guys are, where they're he, like he gave they, them superpowers because yeah, they I can know. punch good. Like people, I, they can punch a, people through walls they, and stuff. It's so you're, dumb. You're thinking the thinking about this like Woo! a WGA member. You're not thinking about this like an AMPT member. No, I'm you need not to think about it as the book is not a book; it's a storyboard. Yeah. And if you make the the storyboard into a movie, it's a success. It's like those idiots who who bought the like the copy of Yodorovsky's um storyboard book Dune? and thought yeah. they owned Dune and thought they owned the rights to making a Dune movie because they bought a copy of this the storyboard what, book. What, wait, what? What? So I've there never was heard this. Doubt. Wait a minute. What? There, there was there was some like crypto group that raised money to buy a copy of Yodorovsky's Dune storyboard book that he oh, used to bring storyboard book. Yeah, that he used to bring to producers and be like this is what the thing is going to be, give us money. I thought So you they bought to... a copy of this okay. and they thought that gave them a the copy. Right copy. Not the original board. No. And they okay. thought that this gave them the right to the rights That's to so cute. adaptations of Dune. <laughs> That's the perfect response. Adorable. <laughs> Adorable. Mm-hmm. Like so if it were dumb. only that easy. Like <laughs> yeah. 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 Of course. Oh shit. Wait a minute. Guys, look, I have a copy of Mr. Miracle by Tom King. I can make the movie now. <laughs> you can make the movie now. Yeah. That's for me. I'm gonna make a million bucks. I'm gonna make a million <laughs> bucks. And I'm gonna walk it all the way home. Put it in my pant drawer. Well, I mean, that's the mentality. Is yeah. like we we we've got a comic book. Comic books are basically movies. Mm-hmm. We know what storyboard like we're gonna do that right. And the thing about the Watchmen movie is that it changed hands so many times since its original publication. In fact, in that um, panel discussion uh, from the London Comic Convention thing uh, that from 1986, Moore answers the question about the movie, and he's actually like really stoked about it. Saying how, like, yeah, I've been approached about the movie rights, and yeah, they made they bought the rights, and I hope that whoever takes the film makes it good. And then it just it jumped around a lot. Yeah. Terry Gilliam at one point was attached to direct Watchmen, <laughs> which would have been like phenomenal. It would have, but he's the wrong person to make him because he's just gonna take decades. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly what happened, and then yeah. you know, it fell that fell through and uh and then it ended up in Zack Snyder's lap, who uh, he says in an interview from 2007 as well. He says, quote, I believe that pop culture is just like so ready for Watchmen. That's literally the quote. 
We tried so hard to ride that wave between satire and reality and all the things that make you still care about the character, but you don't miss the commentary about them. Night Owl is Batman. The guy has a freaking cave under his house. No doubt a fanboy will look at the movie and not get it. Rachel, you watched the movie the most recently out of us. What what do you do you think they got the the themes, the subtext um... based on the first whatever three hours of this <laughs> i i don't Nine know to a small extent yes uh but otherwise i think a lot was missing um i did get the batman thing though i was like mm, this seems familiar like yeah. i don't know if this is supposed to be like any kind of callback to it or what but or something. yeah yeah <laughs> they did but... get the fact that this guy has a cave yeah, I think that they could have done a lot more, though, um, yeah. especially with like Rorschach and the comedian and mm-hmm. um, uh, Dr. Manhattan. So, yeah, Rachel, cause... you're going to make another adaptation of this is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Once you buy a copy of the book, then you can. Yeah, do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. There yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be my new project. Yep. Yeah. But the thing is, no one in the movie is Batman or in the book. In the movie, yes, Night Owl is a pastiche of Batman, but in the book, the, it's that's not it's not where he comes from. That's not yeah, he's, you know he's, the he's a nebbishy dude who's living in yeah. This... Yeah, Rorschach I think like a lot based... of their backstories were missed from the movie. Completely. Like I didn't really get a lot of that. And let's face it, Laurie was just made to be hot and able to punch good. Yeah, and that's like her entire arc. Even mm-hmm. when it gets to the whole comedians or dad thing, it's like, at least as far as I, from my base, you know, my watching of it, I didn't really care. You, yeah, it was exactly that. I'm like, yeah. okay, so how does, why does this matter? Why does, yeah. Because with Zach's whole thing, again, it's just for him, it's just pop culture and that's it. He's the guy that <laughs> Moore was talking about with the de- dark, depressed superheroes are like, uh, cool, you know? Anyway, uh, Snyder says also, quote, with their comic, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons were saying superheroes are kind of funky, aren't they? We build upon that with a movie that acknowledges that superhero movies have affected pop culture. That's it. That's all he can think about. Kind of funky. There are so many. Everyone's rubbing their foreheads right now. Funky is not the word I would use to describe that movie. No. It's not the word certainly to describe these people in this book because they're all horrible. I'm going to bring it back to something we were talking about a <laughs> while ago. And it's, and it's uh, not... my Baldur's Gate playthrough. Like My character got called a dingus <laughs> by a fairy. <laughs> Zack Snyder needs than, that. He's worse than a dingus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He was in control of making this movie. Yeah, he's more than yeah, a dingus. You're right. You're right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's so, just like a particular kind of fucking dude that exists in the world yeah. that mm-hmm. somehow always exists. That just like <laughs> there's something about like the way they make art or interact with anything where like if they wanted to eat a cake, they would just eat the raw flour and sugar. Yeah. Like they wouldn't make a cake. Like, it's yeah. the people who think Soylent is a great thing. Yeah. Or food. Yeah. And like Zack Snyder, 
he just like I feel like I would catch him in my kitchen eating handfuls of raw rice as a meal. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that means, but it just like he doesn't understand the art part of art. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and so I, I we've got a poll going on work. It's like what what's a snack? Naming a, a sprint about like the off of uh, snack food starting with the letter J. And in every one of these polls, like I, I throw in a, a bullshit uh, response that no one's going to vote for because that makes me funny. There, it makes me laugh. And uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I make funny, myself laugh it all the time. Laugh. It's not uh, crazy at all. Yeah, the, <laughs> it's not insane person I, behavior. Yeah, yeah. The bullet point is just a single slice of white bread. <laughs> and I feel like that's Zack Snyder's preferred snack. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. He, he, he wants like, to go ahead. Sorry. He eats like a single slice of white bread and then like washes it down with a handful of gushers. Like he doesn't <laughs> understand that like because they're colorful. Things happen and those yeah. things are connected. Like well, this is green like celery. So that means crazy person. I find it so frustrating. <laughs> What are you talking about? That's a fantastic uh, flavor pairing. He's whatever the white bread. It's bread just, it's just you he's know, you opposite. make that into a good sandwich, and that's a he's, whole. He's the anti dura He's the anti dura Brad Dourif is our new god on this podcast. Oh God, absolutely. <laughs> Watch Deadwood, and like the final episode of the first season, you'll be like. Shit in your pants and crying at the same time. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, it's uh, really hard. It's hard to say how deliberate Snyder's misunderstanding of the material is. Or if he's really just that naive of a person. I think it's it's the, the latter. latter. Yeah. yeah. All the same. It does speak volumes to what I'm going to call the liberal machination behind film <laughs> adaptations of literature. Aaron has yelling at the liberals yelling at the liberal in the wall in the tv screen on the google that's the moment they're never prepared for when they're like liberals control hollywood and you're like "Uh, yes yeah and we need to stop them yeah we need more boots riley's boots is riley that's how you pluralize that uh, there's because there's no interest in providing a faithful adaptation or interpretation, certainly not in the way that it's designed to make the audience think about shit for a second. No, uh, it's it's just there to make some fucking money. And the profit motive behind pop culture is ultimately where the uh, the uh, conservative Democrats, by Moore's estimation, that's where they rest their laurels. Nothing of any substance seems to have been said about Watchmen since the 80s, precisely because of how ubiquitous the book has become with the idea of the, quote, sophisticated comic book, a.k.a. the graphic novel. Bleh. I hate that term. So does Alan Moore. God bless that man. Glycon, excuse me, Glycon bless that man. Because Fuck, graphic novel yeah. is the stupidest fucking thing. And they, they, I think, invented it for... Yeah, he says it. Wait, do I have the quote of it? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> it's that very false sense of sophistication, which is in turn used to market and thus sell books like Watchmen that Moore takes issue with. From a 2000, 
uh, 2000 interview, year 2000, not the comic yeah, not book 2000 AD, AD yeah, which no, he worked on. No. And also, oh, I didn't know he worked on that. Yeah, that's where uh, V for Vendetta. No, that was Warrior. But anyway, same fucking thing. Anyway, so from an interview in 2000 with a guy called Barry Cavanaugh for an Irish webzine called Blather, which I found, um, (laughs) uh, Moore opines thusly, quote, the thing that happened in the mid 80s was that there were a couple of comic books out there that you could just about call a novel. You could just about call Mouse a novel. You could probably just about call Watchmen a novel in terms of density, structure, size, scale, seriousness of theme, stuff like that. The problem is that, quote, graphic novel just came to came to mean, quote, expensive comic book. It was it was that like prestige TV. Yeah. Or erotic. Never mind. Um, (laughs) erotic slash fiction about alan or neil gaiman yeah i started on a what i thought was going to be a really good joke and then i was like this doesn't make sense immediately (laughs) strike that from the record by which i mean go back repeat it three times definitely like bring that up in the mix yeah make it pop just make it yeah you know air horns all of that um so anyway it was uh that that i think tended to destroy any progress that comics might have made in the mid 80s. The companies, the marketing people were more or less to blame for destroying whatever kind of momentum the comic book picked up in the 80s by immediately using it predictably to sell a load of Batman, Spider-Man shit. And it's hard to disagree, frankly. Uh, (laughs) In essence, by taking Watchmen and turning it into a product rather than allowing it to breathe and carry on, as a literary work, people like Snyder are never going to understand the material. The deafening white noise of internet discourse over who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and how you are morally corrupt if you're wrong about who's whom uh, drowns out any and all serious discussion about the serious topics and themes presented in the... I mean, for God's sakes, Time Magazine has Watchmen as the only comic book in its 100 all-time novels list against other perhaps more deserving works like Mouse by Art Spiegelman or A Contract with God by Will Eisner, which precedes Watchmen and is better than. So I've never heard of that. Oh, A Contract with God? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, you got to read it. Okay. It's it's very Eisner? Uh-huh. Okay. I haven't read it in 20-some years, so I, I need to... I never managed to tra- uh, grab a copy. I keep buying all this other stupid shit instead. <laughs> like Alan That's Moore. the way it happens. Yeah. I. Uh, How have I not heard of this? Around the, the book, same. The book's short story cycle revolves around four Jewish characters who live in a tenement in New York City. How yeah. have I not heard of this? And it's just like gorgeous fucking artwork, uh, <laughs> like up and down the fucking page. Uh, yeah. Cool. And, and yeah, it, it precedes, it precedes Watchmen by, I want to say at least five years. Hmm. I think it was like, like 1980, maybe even sometime in the late seventies when it came out. And, but t- times just like, no, Watchmen, Watchmen is good because comic books equal superheroes and superheroes equal money and money equals more money. Fucking nonsense so while the right wingers are obviously wrong about rorschach and the book's themes uh the liberals can't see past the profit what else is i mean throw your hands up 
fucking, I don't know, massive shrug. So what now? What do we do? What's the takeaway? What can be done? Thoughts? Yell at people. Yes. (laughs) And more. Give me more. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, we're at a really horrible place in society right now, where it's even harder than <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, full stop. Uh, where it's even harder than it was at any point in the recent future to like make any kind of a living off of this stuff. Especially and, now, yeah, considering this like writer strike that's going on, that's moving in with the actor strike and everything. Yeah. Like, if you want to make money, you have to sell your shit out to Hollywood. As yeah. a writer. But even then, it's like, it's not as, you can't afford it. Right. You can't afford to live off of what you're what you're doing no. by selling it. And it's like, nope. I don't know what you, I, you, yes, you go on strike, but yes, I, like with all Absolutely. of the AI stuff that's happening now. And uh, I know Shark being yeah. our pro AI hack fraud <laughs> on this podcast will I ain't disagree. worried about it. I'll say that. I'm I mean, not it's, worried about it's it. It's just, it takes I'm, away more leverage. Rather neutral, but yes, strikers and writers to make money. Workers, yeah, but I mean, in this specific context, of course, writers and 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 actors, and soon enough, it's going to be, it's going to hit editors, it's going to hit animators. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's not animators are already fucked. Animators got fucked, yeah, like a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like like, bad. Point being, yeah, we could talk about that later. But (laughs) well, animators, oh boy. No, they've always been screwed. They've always <laughs> yeah. been screwed, especially with all these the Marvel mm-hmm. movies and the way they treat mm-hmm. the, the VFX houses. Yep. It's horrible. Yep. Um, and I don't know how you can the only answer I have is like if you still want to create art, is it has to go completely in. Yeah. And you have to do like artist cooperatives. Like that's the only mm-hmm. answer. You can't rely on studios anymore nope. unless it is fully artist run. Yep. And then you run into questions about distribution. And I mean, arguably, that's a little easier with the Internet, but you you do lose something by not having it. Oh, absolutely. And, like, I've gotten into debates with people about that, the ease with which streaming. It's very convenient. Yeah. But it's there. There is there's always something about going into a theater and experiencing it with a group. It's like one of my favorite memories in this in this God for sake and hellhole is uh, Johnny when we went to go see Neil that one Neil Breen movie <laughs> and there was they're a all pu- the same so I can't remember which one exactly it was <laughs> yeah, I have no idea really fucking matter, but it was just pure delirium that hit the insane. entire audience it was, yeah it was and, definitely I, I got super drunk so I barely remember other than just like everybody <laughs> was just like yelling and yeah, it was, nobody knew what was going on. People but we chanting all... "spin" for yeah. like <laughs> completely at random. But it's like that's part of the the whole. If you want to go with like death of the author or whatever else, it's like part of this is a communal communal act. Oh yeah, and it goes into that. So it's like you. you I guess if there is an answer, it's like you got to go pure indie and recreate these spaces that have been taken away. Sure. That that takes a lot of work and a lot of work. Yeah. But good luck getting making a living off of that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the main problem, though. That's, it, yeah, exactly. It's like if you want to do this, then you need to have other structures in place to help people cooperative housing or, yes. you know, food co-ops or whatever else. And um, uh, there are there are groups out there that are starting to work on this. It's just we're at such a big crisis point that the liberal establishment does not want to admit. Of course not. That, that they profit off of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they benefit. 
So, so why would they discuss it? Or oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, because they have that. rental properties. Yes, and they put a guy in office who strikes down an entire fucking rail yep. union uh, yep. uh, b- bonuses, time off, yep. sick days, and a basic fucking like wage. Yep. You know, uh, so that's my answer. I mean, I guess the thing that I think is good about the way modern stuff is produced is that it's so bad like, <laughs> yeah i like I, I, well i, I, I always to, I, get nitty gritty about this because there's a what? lot of good stuff that is made but okay there's a Let lot of good finish. stuff that is made but i hate to quote mal but i'm going to <laughs> yeah let's do it let's go uh, fuck like, <laughs> what I think is the real hope of AI for me is that we highlight the contradiction. Like the weird fucking studio ghouls are keep gonna, they're gonna try to find the cheapest way to make the worst movie. And that's gonna be AI. And you're never gonna be able to get a job writing a real fucking film in like five years or a real book or a real whatever. Cause you don't have (laughs) to have any kind of talent to write the Avengers or fucking JD Vance's garbage memoir. Or any of that other shit. Like, yeah. you can who? just... Who's the guy Vance? who did... Um, What was that? Redneck something? Oh, the... What was his stupid book? Small Town? Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, never Hillbilly mind. Elegy. I thought you were talking yeah, about that, like, that song. The not, oh, the Small not Town song. song. Oh, you're not... Well, we're yeah, going to kill thing, some... Yeah, no. Another <laughs> thing that you don't have to have a single ounce of creativity to make. And they're just going to pop it out. <laughs> Like AI and things like that, and they're just gonna get so good at it, and they're gonna pump out such like a constant fire hose of sewage that people are gonna have to finally <laughs> walk away. Hopefully, I, hope I mean, so. it's I our don't only think they hope. Will. It's our I only hope. I don't think they will. Because I mean, people are it, people I are so hope. ground down by the bullshit that they have to deal with. They might. I I no. It's like people are just like, and I'm not trying to be. Like derogatory about this, but it's just like I'm if not you're trying to if, be defeatist, but it occurred to you that we might be defeated. <laughs> well, no, it's just like when all right, th- when West, you are maybe. like completely fucking exhausted at the end of every goddamn day, and you don't have the energy to think about like a lot of heavy stuff because you got to deal with heavy stuff on a daily basis, sure. and you get like a two-hour block where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna watch a movie. Yep. You don't have the brain power to think about hard things. And that's why a lot of these movies are that's why Top Gun Maverick was in theaters for like months. An utter shit movie <laughs> with nothing to say aside from give the military more money. Yeah. The Navy paid for it. Yeah. And but all the marketing. Lot, a lot of just explosions. And it hit the exact same story beats that the first one did. And people liked the first one. And it's just like, this is all you have the energy to do is watch this stuff. Nostalgia. And reaction. It's all a fucking cycle to keep you from having to actually think about the real shit. And Moore attempted to circumvent that by attacking the superhero genre directly by writing a superhero book, publishing it, publishing it through one of the top two publishers of superhero comic books in the country of the United States. Uh, yeah. Well, shit, no, of the world, actually. Sorry, yeah. what the fuck am I thinking? And, uh, and, and, and it got a reasonable amount of traction in the 80s, and then it died off for a very long time, and then the fucking Zack Snyder movie showed up because 
DC were like, oh, let's keep reprinting Watchmen. Let's get it on the Time 100 list. And now any semblance of meaning that the book has is fucking stripped because you got a guy like Rorschach running around in his smelly underpants and punching dudes and chopping off their fingers. And you got a guy like Dr. Manhattan with his tallywhacker flapping around, (laughs) blowing up Viet Cong. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's what I mean, you know? but I mean, that's they that's the thing. Why I, I don't think that that's you're going to have a bounce. Off. Well, we'll see. Suppose we my my answer to the question in general. I mean, and it kind of just always is this is full on socialist revolution. OK, mm-hmm. yeah. educate. Yeah. Agitate. Sure. Yeah. Organize. Yeah. Boom. Fucking yeah. done. Get people to think about this stuff. Yeah. I, I dropped the name Boots Riley at least twice already. His film. Uh oh no sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you because I got intruded by that fucking Netflix show. Uh, I think you should leave now. So oh, okay. I get confused about <laughs> Anyhow. You're just imagining sorry a, to bother you as I yeah. think it should leave sketch. Sorry, I think you should <laughs> no, leave now. Just, just yeah. the length of the title. It fucks yeah. me up. But yeah, so uh sorry to bother you. Um Great socialist movie. film. He has his show out now called I'm a Virgo. It's on Amazon. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, Amazon's got some good I started stuff. watching it. Like the only reason I wish I had hung it's, on to it, that thing. It's so ironic that yeah. Amazon has like the social shit for the most part with the boys. I'm know, referring to the boys, but capital doesn't care. Of course, capital not. knows it's not going to affect not. them. But you, so you got dudes like Boots Riley trying at least. Yeah. So, you know. But again, overall, I think, you know, bar none, you know, like reading fiction is fun. Uh, it provides a good amount of escape from the <laughs> dreariness of the outside world. Sure. Um, but theory. <laughs> Not if you read the books I read. <laughs> well, theory is practical, right? So is getting a job doing, you know, whatever makes you the most money to stay alive. Mm. You do the practical thing. You read the yeah. theory. You educate. You agitate. You get out there. And you get angry about shit and you make people know that you're angry about shit and you point to the precise reason why you're angry about shit and it's capital. Okay. And then you organize and you get those people who are also angry with you, who've also learned the same shit that you have because you've been going out and teaching them and you get them together and you do stuff like Aaron, as you were saying with the direct uh, mutual aid shit and uh, uh, striking and, you know, organizing your fucking fellow workers to rally against your boss and tell them, no, we're not just going to be slaves to wage. We are going to have what the fuck is ours. Okay. Yep. Simple fucking right. All for all. If only. If only as, it were that easy. As Kropotkin said, all for all. And I mean, I think when we say stuff like that, it sometimes gets lost yeah. in like the revolutionary fervor of overthrowing a whole society. And I think there is a lot to that, but also like there's a great work called The Revolution of Everyday Life, which is that like you don't have to wait for everybody else to have the socialist revolution. Like, of course, have it yourself, which is cool. Like, make non monetizable art. Yeah. Do like, I'm doing that right now. Yeah. Suck at your job. Like, yes. Do all that shit. Like, no, yeah. Throw your uh, throw your own revolution and don't give a shit if other people come, but also work hard to make sure they come. And that's like a hard yeah. line to navigate. Well, it's like so one of my one of my good friends who uh, started me on the path towards socialism, communism, and then 
separate from another friend who finally led me into full on like Marx and so on. Um, but the former friend, the uh, I don't know if I should drop their name here, so I won't. But they their whole What's their address. it's somewhere in redacted though um but their whole thing is uh is recklessly uh pursuing and embracing joy that's the revolutionary act and bringing people into that bringing other people who are working into your joy as a member of the working class despite all the shit that's going on and just enjoying life and embracing it that right there is your fucking educate, agitate, organize. Yeah. Maybe it's not, yeah. So it's, you know, it's not like everyone's not on barricades, but yeah. And and you're also not like standing on soapboxes shouting at people yeah. like, you should be reading fucking Marx, like read capital. It says it right here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like, I, I'm no sorry. I've been to told that that's the only effective way <laughs> to mobilize people. There is no only effective way. And anyone uh, who that's says not otherwise is full heard. of shit. <laughs> I don't care what you heard. Get your ears checked. <laughs> what do you got? Wax in your ears? <laughs> so yeah, I keep mean, reading your comic books. Fuck graphic novels. <laughs> you know, read as much Marx as you can fucking stomach. I guess read there stuff that's a, beyond Marx. There read, is a wonderful. Watch edited. a YouTube video about Michael Parenti. Watch a YouTube video mm-hmm. about. How to darn your own socks so you don't have to go here, to the store here you and buy go. a new pair. I mean, if you want to read Marx, this is the thing. Well, this I is the, the essential Marx as oh, okay. edited by Leon Trotsky. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it, it is. <laughs> That's hilarious. It brings down the entirety of, co- of Capital to like yeah. 180 pages. Which is yeah. all you need. Angles. <laughs> Engels also has, uh, what is it, Socialism, Utopia, and Scientific, which essentially does a lot of the same thing, where he's like, okay, Marx, buddy, you gotta you gotta shorten your shit, man. This is too long. <laughs> you gotta edit. Kill your darlings, bro. And then he's like, yeah. you know what? Fuck it. I'll just do it myself. So that's another approach to it. But yeah, anyway. I mean, bits aside. That's all I got? Yeah. Bits aside? Bits aside. Oh, yeah. Bits aside. Just do what you can. You know, it's just a comic overall mm. yeah i like watching uh i like plastic pills on the internet i like the d program on the internet those are pretty good take everything with a grain of salt yep. critical support and uh at the end of the day you're it's... just another working class schmuck unless you're somebody like me who owns a barbershop <laughs> fuck you all <laughs> i'm gonna go <laughs> drive away in my uh camaro you're gonna um, uh, lay down some tracks near the barbershop and then shoot your workers from the train car <laughs> <laughs> and just like be like alan moore make weird shitty art yeah. for yes. you that no one's gonna like exactly I do mean, your own weird magic he wasn't making Watchmen or just like fucking do it with the intent of selling it i'm sure no yeah. he was trying to make a, a living and he yeah. wanted to write something fucked up about what he perceived to be fucked up which was fucking ronald reagan and he was right about that there's there's um, a movie i discovered recently called walker that's directed by alex oh, cox who's the guy who did repo you man told me about that yeah it's a great movie it's uh with ed harris and it's a it's set in the 1800s about one of these guys Ooh. who would go into the central america into central america and try to form like slave colonies 
Okay. And he, this is a dude who took over basically Nicaragua and was elected Ooh. president for a couple of years before he was deposed. And Cox made this during the Sandinista movement. And oh. they shot in Nicaragua with the support of the Sandinistas. Cool. And it, it's a movie just filled with anger and resentment about Fuck everything yeah. that's happening from American politics. And it's it's wonderful. Like, there's a lot of just weird shit that pops up. Like, at one point, there are these two people in a in a carriage that are talking about what's going on. And you hear honking in the background. <laughs> and the camera cuts out and a Mercedes Benz just cuts around and cuts them off. What? <laughs> and then, like, toward the end, like, an attack helicopter comes down to rescue people. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's, it's a wonderful movie. And, like, he was making it. The CIA had people implanted in the crew. And as extras, this movie what? got released and did, didn't make a goddamn dime. And it basically resulted in Cox being blacklisted. Nice. after this oh like he, i don't God. he did like short stuff but he never i don't think made another feature what is feature this called movie. the movie no Walker. he he made he made tank girl too I did think. he yeah oh i didn't know that okay something like that yeah he but did some yeah. weird shit later on there, yeah he had a, there's not a lot after it though no and, like this movie kind of tanked to like did tank his career yeah uh Fuck. and there was an interview i, I read that. recently about like I think it was because Criterion put out a DVD release. And so the, this mm-hmm. journal uh, journalist was talking to him and, you know, they're going over this and the journalist throws a softball question and he says, uh, so what would you want if you could make a movie about anything else? What would you want to do? And Cox's response is uh, it doesn't fucking matter because they wouldn't release it. Damn. Damn. Yeah. That's sad. It is. It's a great <laughs> movie. I fucking love the movie, but it's. I mean, to your point about like, you just gotta, I think you, you create things that you know are not going to be commercially whatever and just, I don't know, do it, show it to your friends. In the immortal words of Frank Turner, ignore the applause and set the theater on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Who is Frank Turner? He's a British Uh, folk singer. Okay. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Making stuff is fun. I don't know. Just enjoy making stuff. Don't be Zack Snyder. Like have a fucking personality. Yeah. Don't, don't make everything so fucking important stop yep. calm down yeah. everyone's just, gonna die it's okay you know, D- just Douglas Adams. British wizard trying to cast spells cast Douglas Adams has spells. a quote that I that I like a lot that's the idea of art kills creativity yeah yeah that's a good one all right cool well we fixed shit. it Thanks we solved art me. we